You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Inside Healthcare. I'm Matt Brock, NCQA's Communications Director, and joining me today for a whole new series on Inside Healthcare, we're calling it Policy Primer, and it's a way to sort of simplify what are often complex policy points in healthcare uh, for folks who aren't necessarily all brushed up on the inside details. Paul Cotton, our Director of Federal Affairs, is a great guy for doing this because he's done it for me for five years, I've asked him. Okay, explain this for a guy who doesn't get it. And he's done it very well. And we want to welcome him, welcome Paul Cotton, to Policy Primer on Inside Healthcare. Uh, welcome, Paul. Um, we thank you for being here. And this is something new that we uh, uh, talked about trying, and we're going to do it with the Task Force on Telehealth Policy. Tell me, to get started in this part one of this Policy Primer series, why did the task force on telehealth policy come together? What sort of forced that convention, that convening of groups? Well, we saw um, as the COVID pandemic uh, caused uh, health officials, both in the federal government, state governments, and as well as private payers, as the pandemic made the need to get healthcare through telehealth instead of in person so that you could provide social distancing and keep people safe. There was just this huge uh, relaxation of previous restrictions on telehealth, huge uptake in use of telehealth to get people the healthcare they needed. And this provided a very unique experiment, a real world experiment in how uh, almost unfettered access to telehealth would affect utilization, cost, uptake, and the outcomes. And so there was just this natural, huge natural experience going on, experiment going on. So we brought the telehealth task, the task force and telehealth policy together to get the leading stakeholders from different sections of the healthcare stakeholders. We have consumers, we have health insurers, we have health systems, we have clinics, we have behavioral health providers, on and on. And we wanted to bring them all together to evaluate this experience together, look at what was happening and say, what of this experience can we learn to inform our policies on telehealth going forward? Before the pandemic, there had been a lot of concerns about potential uh, lack of efficacy for uh, telehealth visits. Was it actually going to provide the care people needed? Was it safe? Was it uh, prone to fraud, waste, and abuse? Concerns like that. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, people that um, we, these restrictions were lifted and we wanted to learn from this experience and say, what are the policies once this pandemic is over, the public health emergency is over, what have we learned that can better inform these policies? Do we really need all these restrictions in place? Are there better ways to address the concerns that have led to those restrictions in the past? And can we uh, make this part of the new normal going forward? Uh, one of the things that telehealth, uh, task force and telehealth policy came to conclude very early on was that we should see telehealth as the natural evolution of healthcare into the digital age. It's not a different type of care. It's just a different way of providing care and putting that in through that frame of reference and then learning from the experience during the pandemic. We thought we could uh, advise policymakers on a consensus basis where we could come to consensus. These are things that we might want to do differently going forward. 
the uh, to put it uh, a, a little simpler for guys like me. So where people where people uh, adapt, people were adapting and absolutely telehealth, and then they got in there and sort of the technology and the uh, the embrace of telehealth got ahead of the policy. Correct? It just well, the, the policymakers made changes specifically to allow expansion because they, that was the only way we were going to get people health care. If you couldn't go get an in-person visit, you could get health care by telehealth. And people agreed very quickly we needed to do that because of COVID. The question was, what do we do from what we've learned during COVID that can inform policy after that pandemic's over? So what were the sort of re- restrictions lifted for the, the COVID? Quite a few. There had been restrictions on providing telehealth across state lines. Physicians and other clinicians have to have a license in each state in which they provide care. So if you were on one side of a state border and the doctor was on the other side, that doctor couldn't provide telehealth in most cases. Most states lifted those restrictions because of the pandemic because they needed to make sure people had access to care. Medicare fee-for-service had the most restrictions because that's where they had the greatest concern about potential uh, safety and efficacy and abuse. So they had strict restrictions on where a telehealth site could originate, where a telehealth patient could be. They had largely rural areas. Um, You had to go to a specific site. You couldn't do it from your home. You had to go to a telehealth facility to deliver the service. Uh, There were restrictions on which types of clinicians could use telehealth. Uh, There were restrictions on which type of conditions you could use telehealth to treat. Pretty much all of those were lifted on a temporary basis during the pandemic. And that's what allowed us to learn a lot about what happens when those are lifted. So part of the discussion, I assume, was what we should keep of those lifted restrictions. Exactly. We should maybe not keep. Right. So tell me, you. so then folks in your line of work and around uh, the, uh, the health, what do we call it, the healthcare spectrum, so to speak, all right. over, right? Um, how did you decide or how did you all come together to get these, uh, I think it's 24 member organizations or 20? 23, yeah. But, 23. Um, well, we, um, we convened this, uh, the National Committee for Quality Assurance, convened the task force with the Alliance for Connected Care, which is basically an advocacy group of telehealth providers and, and clinicians and others who very much in favor of telehealth. Uh, also the American Telemedicine Association, which is a, a trade group for telehealth providers and such. We brought in others from different sectors of the healthcare stakeholder community. We brought in consumers. So there's AARP to speak for consumers. We brought in health systems, health clinics, behavioral health providers, um, some academic folks um, and some other folks trying to get a broad spectrum of all the people who care about this to see um, we're not going to agree on everything, but we thought we might be able to come with quite a bit of consensus on what the policies should be after COVID. And we were surprised that we indeed could find quite a bit of consensus on where to move forward going at going forward. In, in a cliche form, um, it's sort of a team of rivals in some cases. These people on the committee uh, or on the task force have conflicting objectives in some cases. We don't have to go into detail, but that made the discussions long. And we had we had very rich discussions, Matt. Robust um, is the word. Very very congenial. <laughs> people agreed. People wanted to find where we could come to consensus because mm-hmm. there. 
very quickly an emerging consensus that most, not all, but most of the restrictions that were in place before should either be lifted or adjusted because we've learned so much there are better ways to address the concerns that had led to them in the past. And that's where we thought we could find and actually did find a great deal of consensus, not on every issue, but on quite a few. So how did how did that work, I guess? How did you sort of lay out all the the issues and then make decisions on what recommendations would be? How did it work? Sure. Uh, first of all, we realized there were different buckets. There was overlap between these buckets, but there were three primary areas where the concerns had been before. Uh, one was about, was telehealth safe and was it prone to fraud, waste, and abuse? So the first, we broke into a subcommittee on pro patient safety and what's called program integrity, which is a term of art for fraud, waste, and abuse, preventing fraud, waste, and abuse. Um, mm -hmm. Another subgroup that looked at quality issues, data flow, um, data sharing, documentation. So uh, we had this subgroup on quality. And then the th third group, subgroup focused on costs because there had been quite a bit of concern, particularly at the Congressional Budget Office, that if you provided unfettered access to telehealth, there would be this huge growth in utilization and in fee-for-service programs where they pay for every little service provided, there was concern that that would lead to a burgeoning growth of costs that might not be sustainable. So those were the three subgroups that we divided into, safety and integrity, quality, and cost. We had uh, about 13 meetings over the summer. Uh, the subgroups had several. We had several full group meetings to bring people back together. Very, very robust discussions. Uh, people did research outside the meetings, brought that research back to inform the subgroups and the full committee. And we deliberated and came to the consensus that is in the report that we're releasing uh, on September 15th. How'd you handle sort of disagreements? How, because there were some, I mean, we don't- There were certainly not. In some places, we simply had to agree to disagree. Hmm. So uh, you can't give us many details at this point. Next week, you'll tell us the real details on this report uh, after it is re released to the public uh, and the recommendations. But you can tell me uh, what you hope this all will achieve, what you hope will become of it after September 15th? Well, we think it will help policymakers, uh, both in federal and state government, as well as private payers, um, have uh, this document that shows all these different stakeholders from different parts of the healthcare system agree on some pretty big issues that um, these are policies we should change going forward. These are policies we should go back to what was there before um, because um, they were necessary during the pandemic. They're not necessary after the pandemic. So it's going to help inform all the different policymakers about what is the best way to move forward. There's also questions about what further research is needed. And so it will guide uh, these policymakers as well as the research community how they need to continue assessing this going forward so that we have a full picture of what broader access to health, telehealth provides during the pandemic and afterwards when things go back to whatever the new normal is going to become. And just to finish up here, when we say policymakers, we mean the federal, federal and state government, government um, private payers, um, other, other folks who set policies for the way our healthcare system works. And, and federal includes Congress, going all the way up to Congress. Congress, the administration, yes. The okay. regulatory, uh, rural writers, all that, all those folks. Well, we're going to have you back next week to give us the details. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Matt. Appreciate Pleasure. it. Paul Cotton, NCQA's Director of Federal Affairs.
One last word, if you haven't registered yet to be there to get the details first about what the task force has resolved, what their recommendations are, you're gonna to wanna to sign up for that announcement and it's very easy. Just go to bit.ly, bit.ly slash telehealth report. You can register there. The uh, announcement comes Tuesday, September 15th at two o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. So we look forward to uh, seeing you there. Make sure you register. Seats are going very fast. Thank you for listening to Inside Healthcare and the Policy Primer. I'm Matt Brock. We'll see you again, no doubt.